Welcome to Let Me Know How It Is, a pop culture podcast about TV, movies, comics, and all things geek. We're listing our favorite crossovers from all media today. I'm Zach Slater. I'm Frank Melman. This is Tommy Smith of Reigns. And I'm Clifton. Uh, so when we selected this topic, uh, I was a little shocked that we didn't do it already, to be perfectly honest. I'm surprised it took this long to get to crossovers. Mm-hmm. But I'm excited uh, because I know when I was a kid, when I would see crossovers on the rack, uh, it always, it felt like a fluke, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like it always felt like, like, oh, they're not supposed to be doing that. How did that happen? Right. 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 What are, what are your guys like some earliest, uh, um, experiences with crossovers? I was always excited just because it's, it, it, it was a matchup that I never imagined. Usually mm-hmm. it's always some weird event or this person's here, or I always felt that somebody was somewhere they didn't belong. I never felt that certain people were in the same universe so to speak right so i was expecting like a a, a, a portal or something <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah right well i mean like i i remember in junior high and stuff when we were all getting into this stuff like if if you were to listen to all of our conversations then you would think every comic was an intercompany crossover but <laughs> right oh, yeah. because it was yeah. all like what would happen if spider-man met uh batman and all of that stuff you know what i mean and so i think when that stuff happened it seemed all like really really cool and exciting because in a weird way they didn't happen all that often even though comics are filled with them (laughs) like throughout history yeah yeah if that makes sense like like you know they, they they are they are simultaneously like I don't want to say rare, but, but yeah, like rare and, uh, and they happen regularly. <laughs> yeah. If that makes sense. But to me, it, it, I feel it's always a guaranteed one shot because it's, this is, this can't be a regular thing, you know? Right. So, yeah. And that's, and that's just with comics. I mean, the crossovers happen with, with all media, you know, I mean, TV shows, you know, do it from time to time, uh, yeah. you know, even, even some movies. So, so that's what we're getting into today. So let's go ahead with our list. And so we're each going to name three of our favorite or what we think is the best crossover from all media. So, Tommy, you want to start us off? Sure. <laughs> but mine was a little weird because I misunderstood <laughs> uh, the Google search I, really I made. I, I really didn't think this was a difficult topic, but okay. <laughs> uh, no, it wasn't. I agree. Okay. But Google made it harder okay. for me. And here's how. You type in Best crossovers ever is what I typed. Like a idiot. Ah. And guess what guess what came up? No no. Allen Iverson, just like the top ten list of <laughs> NBA stars. You know? I was yes. like, wait a minute, what did I didn't write? And then I just keep seeing <laughs> basketball players crossing each other. I was like, wow. That that is not our topic unless they're no. all in Space Jam. Right. Yeah, right. I, I, <laughs> yeah I agree. <laughs> this is not cross down traffic. There's nothing we're doing. <laughs> Uh, no, not at all. It, 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 I almost tapped out just because I was finding trouble looking for it. But then I did <laughs> one word, which was intercompany, and it changed the Aha. search dramatically. Okay. Very good. Yes. So as a result of it. Then you just got LeBron in Space Jam, crossover Space NBA Jam. Yeah. and Looney Tunes. Yes. Yes. But ultimately, what I came up with, or at least what I saw, was the first one that glared at me was um, one that I liked. It didn't get enough publicity, but I enjoyed it. it was Batman versus TMNT. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I figured someone would have that one. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah, it would be me. 
which started mm-hmm. as a comic, but it was also adapted into an animated straight to video. Yeah, which guarded my attention because I didn't know about the comic until I read, I saw the uh, the movie, which I like. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, which really? made me buy the, okay. uh, the, yeah, which made me buy the action figures and stuff. Interesting. Okay, so you saw the movie first and then realized, oh, there was a comic cross, well, four, really. Yes. Four crossovers because they did, they did, it had two sequels. And then it had an adventures crossover, which took place in the animated universe. So it was the Batman animated series teaming up with like the 2012 Nickelodeon CG animated turtles. Now, see, I didn't even know about that. Yeah. <laughs> now you got more stuff to add to your shopping list. Right. Indeed. I got I got to look up that now. Hell. Yeah, I'd never read the comics. I had only mm-hmm. ever seen the, the animated adaptation. Mm-hmm. Which I liked a lot. Like it is, it is shocking how well it works. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, Killer Croc is basically like a like a mutant turtle type right. thing, a but a yeah. crocodile. So yeah, <laughs> like it, it checks out. Yeah. Also, isn't there a, isn't there a crocodile or an alligator teenage mutant ninja turtle villain? There is with like a Cajun accent in the. That's cartoon. what I was gonna say. Yeah, yeah. the Kate Leatherhead. <laughs> yeah. Okay. He's a bad yeah. guy in some versions and a hero in other versions. It depends. Uh, it depends, you know, which the, the 80s series made him into a bad guy. He's an anti-hero then. There <laughs> <Yes>. you go. <laughs> he's the TMNT version of Namor. Yes. <laughs> you never know what you're going to get. <laughs> yeah. He walks that line. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've read the comics. I've okay. not read, I've, I still haven't seen the animated, but I want to. So, I mean, for me, it was, it was one of the things where I really liked. I liked the, the comics of it. The comics of it was really a lot of fun. But I still have not. I still have yet to see the animated one. Well, the animated. What, what's shocking to me is that it happened. It's 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 even more shocking than the comics teaming up. I think the fact that that you know you actually had production people and Warner Brothers and and Nickelodeon working together to make that happen. It. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I feel like you see that even less often. Right. Then you do like, you know, IDW teaming up with DC or, or whoever, whatever co- other companies are, are mingled in. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, these things are, I think are just much easier to pull off in comic books because it's a uh, lower stakes media. Like yeah. there's less money involved. There's less proper, there's less people involved and it's kind of fly under the radar. Whereas once you get to even a straight to video, like you get a lot more eyes looking at that thing, wanting to see that thing, wanting to make sure that thing is okay and, and a lot harder to pull off. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think, I think the only place we got a lot of that recently beyond sort of the TMNT and, and the Batman stuff was brave and the bold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But again, it wasn't, it wasn't to like full episodes. Usually it'd be like a teaser. Right. Right. Like when space Ghost showed up and right. stuff, you mean, or like when they're hanging out with them. Um, I mean, granted they're still Warner brothers, but you'd still like have right. Batman and Scooby-Doo. Yeah, different right. subsidiaries of, of the same company now. Right. And steampunk Abraham Lincoln. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. That's a good yes, one. Yes. Yes. Yeah. No, this is, this is, a, this is a really good one, though. I, I um, you know, uh, adjusting my list now. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I figured one of you, yeah, I knew for so, sure one of you would have it, so I didn't bother to put it on mine. I'm like, no, they'll um, get it. So I'll find another number three, but... Uh, uh, no, I mean, I, <laughs> I, I'm excited about it because also like, f- first of all, I hope they do another one animated, which I think would be awesome. Cause I really, really enjoyed the first one. 
but I also kind of hope that it shows people that uh, like these can work and these can be cool and and you know maybe we'll get some other crossovers in animated form down the line because you know why not right <laughs> you know so all right so who's uh, who's next and I'll play off of one since. Frank mentioned it already, which was Scooby-Doo and Batman. Yes. That's going to play right into to some of mine, which I'll start by going into that that was my introduction to the idea of like franchises crossing over was the new Scooby-Doo movies. Mm-hmm. Back in the 72 to 73 was the original run. And I mean, they reran those things throughout all of my childhood. So I caught them on, you know, one of the later passes. But that was the first one where like, I'd be watching Scooby-Doo and all of a sudden Batman and Robin were in it and voiced, yes. by, voiced by Adam West. And I'd be like, wow, like, like it would blow my mind. And then you get the Adams Family, mm-hmm. which I loved the old reruns right. of. And, and then, you know, throw in Don Knotts. Yep. Right. And like so many <laughs> Laurel and Hardy. Like Harlem Globetrotters. <laughs> Harlem Globetrotters was probably my introduction to Harlem Globetrotters. Yeah. Three Stooges, right? Yeah, Three Stooges yeah. again. Like Sandy, these, D- Sandy Duncan. Yeah, these things like I knew from <laughs> from other places. Like all of a sudden, like they're they're in with this thing I uh, already love, and like yeah, those those are the craziest to me. Dick Van Dyke even was mm-hmm. in one, and so like Scooby has a long history of it because they still do make the the Scooby movies. They did Scooby Doo and Guess Who recently, mm-hmm. which was a kind of updated take on this one as well as some of the straight-to-video movies they've done in recent years, crossing over with WWE mm-hmm. and the band Kiss. Yep. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, like, there, Scooby-Doo is no, no stranger to it. But what I'm going to bring up is where it kind of happens in reverse, where another show brought in Scooby-Doo as a guest, and that is Scooby Natural, the <laughs> episode of Supernatural <laughs> that crosses right. over with the Scooby-Doo cartoon. And it is great. Like it worked so well, <laughs> so <laughs> unbelievably well, as ridiculous as it sounds. I forgot they did that. Yeah, it yeah. was just it oh, wasn't yeah. oh, too yeah. far back. It was in one of their final seasons because they right. did they did finally <laughs> finally wrap up after a very long run. And I had not watched Supernatural in a while. In its early days, I was a big fan of the show, probably for about the first five years. I really liked it. And then hung around till probably season seven and then just kind of faded out after that. Like I never, I never turned on it or anything. It was just like, it kept going and I was ready for something else. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then, you know, fast forward to season 13 and and they (laughs) decided to do a Scooby crossover. And that pulled me back in because like Scooby-Doo was was one of my biggest childhood loves growing up. Like I loved everything about the Scooby-Doo and the gang. And the first birthday party I can remember was a Scooby-Doo themed birthday party with pin the tail on Scooby-Doo and a Scooby-Doo cake when I was five. Awesome. (laughs) I was big into it, but yeah, so I went back in for that episode to check it out and, and was not disappointed because the premise of it is that, uh, you know, Sam and Dean in their supernatural hunting ways, encounter a first the the episode opens with them fighting basically a giant barney stuffed animal but not barney like a (laughs) like a non-trademark infringing barney the dinosaur stuffed animal and destroy it and then they're in a pawn shop and save a pawn shop owner who says they can take anything they want from the pawn shop as a reward for saving his life and dean takes a tv 
And then we find out the TV is also cursed <laughs> and sucks them into an episode of Scooby-Doo. And that's the setup for the show. So the rest of the episode nice. is animated uh, in the form of Scooby-Doo. Right. And it was done by the people who were in charge of the Scooby-Doo cartoons in all the recent years. So the animation is produced by Spike Brandt, who we mentioned last week in our, in our cartoons, unproduced cartoons, cartoons we wish had happened show. Uh, longtime producer, longtime animation producer uh, with Warner Brothers, and the guy who's one of the guys who's been kind of show running all the Scooby Doo stuff of recent years. And then they also had the um, the regular of the time Scooby voice cast. So Frank Welker as Fred and Scooby, Matthew Lillard as Shaggy, uh, Greg Griffin as yeah. Daphne, and this time Kate McCucci, who's been on it recently as Velma. Mm, right. Uh, uh, so they did like it lines up with all the Scooby stuff they've been doing recently and and <laughs> and looks like an episode of Mystery Incorporated. So it is a great looking show. Nice. Like the backgrounds are so beautifully painted and was written by um, jointly one of the showrunners on Supernatural and also Jim Krieg from animation. The animation writer Jim oh, Cree no and Jeremy Adams was another. I think he was a supernatural writer, but yeah, so they all wrote it together. That sounds fun. It sounds like when that show was wrapping up and they were just like, like, yeah, sure, let's try this. Let's yep. do let's do that. Yep. Like, why yeah. not? Yep. That's a fun place for a show to be sometimes yeah. when you're a viewer. Like if you stuck yep. it out for that long. Because that, that show was on what, eleven years? Supernatural? It made it to 15 seasons. Good yeah. This happened in Good season 13. Wow. Yeah. It wasn't even the end. And Jensen Ackles has not aged a day yeah. in those 15 <laughs> seasons. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was the animated season that this occurred in. This was in the regular live action. Yeah, this is yeah. in the live action. The episode starts, it's bookended by live action. It starts live action before they get sucked into the TV. Wow. I think it's not even the only episode where they got sucked into a TV, by the way. Hmm. But I can't remember nah. what happened the other time they got sucked into right. a TV. I think it might have been in the episodes I, I missed out on. But yeah, no, it's a good episode. And it's, it like lovingly plays with Scooby-Doo because it's, it's made by people who love the show, like Spike Brandt and, and Jim Krieg. And, but also like pokes fun at some of the stuff that you need to poke fun of about with Scooby-Doo. <laughs> and it's set in a mystery where Dean had seen all the episodes and thinks he knows everything that's happening until characters start getting actually killed in oh, this wow. cartoon, <laughs> like end up bloody, like end up decapitated, stabbed, whatever. And, and the Scooby gang, like, just kind of ignores it because it doesn't fit into their world. So they're like, oh, like, mm. we'll go find a clue somewhere else. <laughs> and then they eventually have to explain, like, ghosts are real because it's a real ghost that put them in the show and the Scooby gang can't take it. And it's adorable. I see. Right. They start having this existential crisis about how they've just been, <laughs> you know, going after real estate, like corrupt real estate developers this whole time when they could have been fighting <laughs> Dracula. <laughs> right. <laughs> But it is a great episode. It's on Netflix currently. Uh, the whole show is. But this one's season 13, episode 16, I believe. Nice. Yeah, that sounds So fun. good. It's so good. check that one out. Awesome. Good pick. Good pick from left field because I <laughs> had forgotten about this completely. <laughs> um, I remember more of the Supernatural anime. Right. That came <laughs> um, yeah, that's what. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. This happened in the live action show, <laughs> not the anime. All right, Frank, you're number three, which I don't know if you're right. ranking this. I'm not ranking them. I don't know. If no, you guys are. no, I'm just, no, <laughs> it's, it's for me to keep counting my head. 
Yeah, it's just an <laughs> exhibition, not a competition. So please, right. no wagering. Um, I, you know, I in going along real quick with what Clifton was saying um, early on when we were talking about crossovers. One of my first recognizing a crossover, or but this isn't really in our company, was along the lines of Scooby Doo, but it was the Laugh Olympics. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, yeah. And this this isn't this isn't the one that I chose, but I just wanted, I thought we should mention it because right. if you've never seen Laugh Olympics, whether it's been in, you know obviously it was on in the like early early eighties, yeah. yeah. But it, the idea was it was a competition uh, between you had the Scooby Doobies, which was one team, and then the Yogi Yahooies, which is another team <laughs> headed by Yogi Bear, right? And then the really Rottens, which was like all the bad guy characters from everything. Yep. So it's kind of like you know early on they did this. This was um. A show that basically threw a bunch of different characters from different genres all the way, all the through all of the Hanna Barbera stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the one that I like. I remember early on, me like, oh wow, that's pretty cool. And then um, I just want to throw that in. That's not the one that I chose. What I chose yeah, was something like, like that, that one. Okay. Had, that one had like Blue Falcon and <laughs> right. Great Ape and Penelope Pitstop and yeah. Dastardly and Mudley. It was like any any character you could imagine from a, a period of cartoons. Yeah, you get just about anybody. So that was kind of really like cool. the new Space Jam. <laughs> and I think it was playing off of like Battle of the Network Stars. I guess. Yeah, like, that I too. I mean, I was I, thinking back. I was trying to remember if it was the, it was I. You know, obviously it was it was Laugh Olympics. It was somewhat Olympic themed, but at the same yeah. time, now that, now that you bring it up, yeah, I would say it was probably Battle of the Network Stars more than anything else. Which, like, man, that's a weird thing I barely remember. But, like, when all your favorite TV stars would compete in weird <laughs> semi-athletic right. events, like, oh, man, that was a weird thing. You could have, like, Jan Smithers from KRP <laughs> right. and, and um, Kojak together on the same team. Yeah, like in a 100-yard dash for yeah. some reason. It and was then the, the weirdest, weirdest thing. And the weirdest part was, like, at the very end, whoever, the two teams that won the most had a tug of war. That was the <laughs> right. final, that was the final, not like, it, not, that was the final, um, the final event was tug of war. Uh, so you'd have like Gabe Kaplan and, and um, Cindy Williams from Laverne and Shirley right. trying to pull against, you know, uh, all these other people from CBS. So, yeah. so weird, man. Very weird. The eighties. Crazy. Bizarre. Yeah. They put yeah, anything on TV. As, as a friendly competition between the networks. You yeah, know? absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But the crazy thing that reminds me of, um, Real world versus on road rules. Yeah, that was that was that was <laughs> another take too. Because again, yeah, it's funny that you say that because I remember when they first announced it that um, Judd Winnick, who was still you know his alumni from Real World, uh-huh. um, that was his comment about it was yeah, it's like Laugh Olympics, and everyone kind of <laughs> even then people were like uh, what? And then you'd have to explain the concept of what Laugh Olympics was. So yeah, it's the same sort of thing. It just was with the uh, real world road rules for yeah. those shows. All right, so getting back to my pick. Okay. <laughs> so the pick that I chose right. That's was, your honorable mention. That's not his actual yeah, pick. Yeah, yeah, that's just an asterisk. That's just an asterisk. That doesn't count. Okay. Uh, my actual pick was one from comics, and it's, it's one of my favorite crossovers of anything ever between two companies, and it is Wildcats Aliens. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, Interesting. Really? And the reason why I chose it's it's a one-shot written by um, Warren Ellis, and it's got art by Chris Sprouse, and then Kevin Nolan inks it, so it's a beautiful-looking book. It's great. Mm. But the main thing about it was even reading it, you could tell full well that it was, um, it was something that, that was designed to actually have weight and meaning. Mm-hmm. And doing the research on it, uh, you, I found out that Warren Ellis was not enthused about doing this crossover at all <laughs> until he was told that you can kill off whoever you want to <laughs> from the Stormwatch. Because it takes place like on the Stormwatch, uh, I think, satellite. Okay. And, and it's your typical aliens, you know, it's like a typical aliens movie. You know, the xenomorphs are, are loose. And then, you know, it's, it's, 
it's you know wholesale slaughter of these image characters that he didn't like <laughs> and then the wildcats come and try to you know save whoever's left right so he kills off a bunch of like these you know these characters from like like i think the like i think he kills off like almost eight or nine different characters in the okay. course of this one shot oh wow Oh man, that's like yeah. Transformers the movie. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, it was less than that. It's like four, it kills like four or five, but still he cleaned okay. house. And the, and the and the thing that I didn't understand was the reason why he did this is because he wanted to take all the characters he didn't like off the board, and this leads to us getting the authority. Oh wow! <laughs> ah, okay. Wow. Yeah, and he, he he even says you know he didn't want to do the crossover because generally these things are just you know they're just put together, they have their adventure, and then it goes back to status quo at the end of it. Mm. Right, but he once he was told, go ahead and you know kill them all or kill whoever you want. He was on board. Wow! So the the xenomorphs brought us authority, <laughs> right? And then every now and then in, in in authority or in other places, you would hear that time you know there would be that mention of yeah the alien not not the quote unquote aliens, but there was some kind of um, infestation on the on the satellite, and that's what happened to people because <laughs> they couldn't wow. refer to them after that point as what actually happened. Right. I'm impressed. I'm yeah. impressed that it that that like some semblance of it stuck. Oh yeah. yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. It, it, that it, does not happen. Nope. It counted. So that's what's what the re- I mean it's it's a good looking book. It's a lot of fun. I mean, it's a lot of fun from the standpoint of, you know, you know full well that it has that it has weight and meaning and it's also a good story. But yeah, that's the one that I chose I chose was my first choice. Interesting. You should bring that one up. Uh huh. Because I am adjusting. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I I'm pulling uh, from my reserve list, uh, Superman and Aliens. Oh, that was on my list too. Right? Okay. <laughs> it was. It was either. It was one or the other. But that, you're right. Go on. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Man, these xenomorphs get around. I know, no, right? Uh, also, uh, so this was written by Dan Jurgens, uh, mm-hmm. and he did some art layout for it. But it was finished by Kevin Nolan. Yes. Who also worked on this book? Good looking so, book wow, too. That's interesting. Weird synergy yeah. here, uh, Frank. But yes. um. Yeah, so I I had um, this was around the time for Superman the animated series when I was just falling in love with the character. And I remember Wizard did like a Superman magazine special, and in the back of it, it had the ten greatest Superman stories. And this was like number nine, number <laughs> right. eight or nine, something like that. And I was like, oh, that sounds like that's interesting. Like <laughs> even then, I was young, but I was like, wow, like crossovers don't usually make it into best story ever category. Mm-hmm. But you know, so I tracked this one down and it's three issues. And, um, you know, the setup is, is, is kind of what you would expect. You know, there's, there's a distress call to Earth and there's some ship uh, out there that, you know, has been attacked and Superman has to go out and help them out. And so he does. So he takes, uh, he takes a ship out there. Um, and then when he gets in, he walks into an alien, you know, xenomorph infestation. But it's interesting now because he's so far away from Earth's sun that he's at like half power. Right. Right. And his power is like kind of dwindling the longer and longer he's out there trying to solve this problem. And uh, he gets impregnated by one of the aliens at one point. (laughs) Yes. In this story, which is pretty cool. It's been years and years and years since (laughs) since I've read it. Okay. Um. Aren't they also on a aren't they on the ship or something? There's like a decaying orbit. Is that the is that what I'm thinking too, or is that not it that one? Maybe. Uh, <laughs> All right. Like I said, man, I, this, this is reserve. This is reserve list here, man. Uh, I got you. I got you. <laughs> I do remember that there was a character on there named Kara. He meets. Yeah. He meets like like a young like teenage girl on 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 the ship named Kara, but right. it's not Supergirl. 
No. <laughs> right. And that was always kind of the con- confusing thing for me because I was like, like, is this, is this like them playing with Supergirl before she comes before she was like back in the comics? Yeah, or may- I, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what was going on was they were, they hadn't settled on bringing her back. They had not gotten to the, um, the Jeff Loeb, Michael Turner arc in the Batman Superman or the Superman Batman book. Right. right. If I remember correctly, they hadn't got to that yet. So they were just teasing some stuff. Yes. I'm not even sure the Peter David stuff was being done at that point either. Right. Right. Probably right? not. Probably not. So, so yeah, I mean, that's always been kind of the funny thing to me. I didn't know if that was like a testing the waters thing, you know, um, I don't know. It's a good book. I don't know where you find it now. I mean, this is one of those that I think is going to get kind of caught up in, in, you know, maybe some weird licensing because that was DC and dark horse. Right. But now the aliens are owned by Marvel. Blocked in Marvel. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so I don't know that this is this is going to be traded again or maybe it will be down the line. You know, I would I would if you guys are interested in picking it up, I would, you know, eBay, I would say. And, yeah, you know, conventions when when those become a thing again, Um, because I know Marvel's got plans to do an alien book again. Right. But I don't know how this factors in. To to you know, if it's ever going to be reprinted again, but it's right. a good story though. It was, yeah. you know, it is, it is, it is a very cool book. Yes. Now they can do the X-Men brood story movie, but use xenomorphs. Yes. Oh, that's <laughs> true. <laughs> I'd watch that movie. That sounds awesome. Yeah, it does. All right. So we are back to Tommy. We were number two pick. <laughs> I was, Okay, flat out. I was going to say Injustice 2 or the Injustice series. Damn you. Just because. Damn you. <laughs> specifically <laughs> Injustice 2 because it had the turtles in it. Okay. Yes. Um, this was a. Um, so we're going to video which, games now. Yes, we're I covering am. Covering yeah. all the okay. topics. Yeah, I had this on yes. my list too. Thanks, Tommy. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I shouldn't even said it because that's not really my pick. Oh, huh? he's taking other people's picks. He doesn't even want. Oh, this is your honorable mention. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's honorable mention because of the um characters they, they had in it. Like it wasn't enough that they had Mortal Kombat characters in because the whole franchise started with uh a mashup of DC Universe versus Mortal Kombat. That was on my list too. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, jump in, Frank. Thinking... This is your topic now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it feels that way. Yeah, no, go ahead, Tommy. Sorry. But the one I really loved because it was tangentially going into versus fighting game. Which was the whole uh, more um, Marvel versus Capcom series? Yeah. Is that on your list, Frank? No, 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 I didn't have that one. <laughs> well, I should have just, just kept my mouth shut and let you talk about that. But anyway, I love the Marvel versus Capcom series, especially the second one, because it started out with just getting um, Street Fighter series, right? In which they decided to um, blend in with the X Men series, which at the time was a side scroller. But when they made it into a fighting game, I lost my mind. It just got better and better in it, but. The real gem of the uh, of the series was Marvel vs. Capcom 2. Mm-hmm. But what reminded me of it is um, recently Hasbro created a figure for that particular Iron Man design that was in it. Because it's not really in the comics. But it was something that friends, my brothers, we played incessantly. Oh, yeah. Because it was it was a huge matchup that we didn't think would <laughs> uh, would occur. I mean, that game was addictive as hell, man. Oh, it was. Oh, and, and it was nice is they made um current comic depictions of the characters as they were seen in books now. Like my favorite lineup was with um Cable, 
um, Iron Man and and Psylocke. Okay. But they had um 64 players. Wow. Yeah, 32 on each side. And the obscurity they use for Capcom, like we'd get Arthur from um Ghouls and Ghosts. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. As an option, but it, it it just was a deep dive for Capcom. I thought you were gonna say for the PBS show. <laughs> <laughs> like the meme, like the meme of the fist. Yeah, he's ready to go. He's holding yes. it in. But no, that was it was it's more of a love and um nostalgic period. We played that thing for hours. It was we got it on the um eventually we first got it on the PS2, but our best love of it was um I want to say the 360. Hmm. Oh really? Yeah, we played that in Dreamcast for me. My buddy had a Dreamcast. Yeah, I yeah. played it. We played on Dreamcast too. It was great on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I only played X-Men characters though. I remember. Like, like really? I just so, wanted because I remember there was that one X-Men arcade game, the Children of the Atom, the X-Men fighting game. And I just like I'm like, uh-huh. why don't they just do more of that? And I remember <laughs> I remember just being like, like, why is Mega Man in this? Just do an X-Men. Mega <laughs> Man was fun. I love uh, Mega Man. Mega Man and Iron Man team up that I always wanted. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it just it just made sense. I, I I I ran a tight ship. I was like, it was only X-Men characters could team up with X-Men characters. Right. Who was your favorite lineup for the X Men character? I did Cable, Wolverine, and Iceman. Uh, nice. Right. I forgot about Iceman. Oh my gosh. Which saying that list, you know what era of X Men I read. Yes. yes but Iceman yeah. is like, is the huh? But <laughs> yeah, when yeah. he has the belt on where mm-hmm. it regulates his powers. Yes. Off of X Factor. But no, my pick was uh, Marvel vs. Capcom 2. Really the series, but that one in itself, hands down. It was funny because in the third incarnation, all the characters that we get in the MCU sort of start. I mean, well, it seemed like they were cherry picked before it really developed into it. And what I mean by that is in the third one, we get Rocket. We get um, Ghost Rider. It's like all the standouts from the series were in that video game before they got pushed. Like Uh at the time, I didn't know who Rocket was till Guardians of the Galaxy really came out in the theaters, you know? Right. What year did three come out? I believe three came out in 2011. Okay, so like Rocket was around from in the comics from the Abnet and Lanning, like Annihilation, Cosmic Marvel stuff. So I guess they were drawing from that. Okay, hmm. but they had, but to me, what's weird is they had what Shuma Gorath, mm-hmm. which I have no idea who that person of that character is to this day. <laughs> but I knew some Marvel characters. Well, Shuma Gorath was also in the in the the Infinity Gems, Infinity Stones, Marvel or Capcom game that they had with Thanos and mm-hmm. Spider Man and Hulk. That game, did you ever play that? Yeah. Oh, right. The first one with the but basically yeah. a, a starfish with tentacle arms. Yeah, I mean he's he's a Doctor Strange. He's a Doctor Strange villain, basically. Okay, I just find it weird that they would put that in. You know, just just the oddball yeah. character. But I love that game. All right. Extra points for putting a video game on here. Very cool. Yes. Very, very cool. And for stealing multiple ones from Frank. Yeah, (laughs) I had a a couple. Because getting back to Injustice 2, I've I've talked about it before, but one of the great things about it is, yes, you can play all four of the Turtles, right, Mm -hmm. against, you know, a huge roster of DC characters, as well as one of the other DLC characters was Hellboy. Yes. Mm. Yes. Okay. So you can have Hellboy go up against this other roster too, which I thought was a you know it's that's some that sort of thing doesn't really happen all that often. Like going into it, we you know you're pretty much assured that you get Mortal Kombat characters from it, 
but you didn't know that, you know, there was rumors all over the place of what you got. And the thing about the the turtles was the the they they would show you silhouettes of upcoming characters for the DLC, and people were like you know speculating and trying to guess what it was. And the and the character would look like they had a you know a, a trench coat and a hat. So people were like, oh, it's Rorschach, it's Rorschach, Rorschach's <laughs> going to be in this fighting game. And and, and and it wasn't. It was it was what the turtles in a trench coat and a hat uh, <laughs> trying to oh, trying to go out in disguise. So it's just Raphael. Awesome. Yes. So it worked out really well to get the turtles. So yeah, that I love Injustice too, just for the. For the, the game itself, but the DLC for it was really cool that we got those characters. That was a Halloween costume for me in third grade. Yeah. Ninja Turtle <laughs> in the trench coat and hat. Nice. Yeah. Because I just had a digital mask. I didn't have a costume. Yeah. Gotcha. It works. Yeah. It does, right? <laughs> yeah. But also, like Tommy was saying, the, the, the one that they had before that was Mortal Kombat uh, DC Universe, which was a much smaller roster, but the same idea where you could basically pit Mortal Kombat characters against DC characters. But without all the fatalities. Yeah. You know, it right. wasn't because people because people who play Mortal Kombat love that. Yes. <laughs> no oh, fatalities. Yeah, they were very, yeah, they were thrilled that they couldn't have their, you know, you couldn't rip that. That's the worst part of a Mortal Kombat game. Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You couldn't, yeah. You couldn't rip out Batman's spine and show it to him before he died. Yes, indeed. And then people were not happy with the fact that you couldn't do that. So <laughs> what's the point of playing if you couldn't do that? Man? I know. I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah. If you're not trying, if there's no trauma, from, you don't feel traumatized after playing the Mortal Kombat game, why play? Indeed. Plus, what would happen if you tried to do one with Batman? You would just be like, I don't kill. Right, right. <laughs> Killing is crossing a line, and what makes us different from them? And right. why, why isn't this button combo working <laughs> yeah. for Batman? Yeah. It should just, right. be, should just be a monologue on a gargoyle of him saying that. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. All right, so that was Frank's. Okay, so it's Clifton's number two, and then Frank, you'll go if you have any left. Uh, yeah, I'll find something. <laughs> So number two, I'm going to go to comics this time. And it is, again, from my early formative years, one where it kind of blew my mind. And it was G.I. Joe Transformers comic from Marvel. Ah, yeah. Okay. Which I cannot remember exactly what year that was. Uh, Do you remember, Zach? I don't. This is... um... This was the one in the 80s. I I assume you're saying, right? Okay. The first one in the 80s. I just remember... Like, it was before I was really into comics at that point in my life. Like, I would occasionally pick one up at a 7-Eleven or something off the spinner rack, but not regularly, just, you know, if if I was there with my folks and they wanted to give me a treat or something. (laughs) Uh, But I remember, like, a kid showing up on the playground at recess with a copy of one of these. (laughs) And, like, all the other kids gathering around to be like, what? No way! That's a thing? (laughs) Because, like, we love G.I. Joe and Transformers, so... Like, put them together. It was from January to April of 1987. 87, okay. Yeah. Yeah, elementary school playground for me at that time. <laughs> and, like, it blew all of our minds yep. in recess to the point where, like, I remember having to go home, trying to ride my bike up to the to the local newsstand <laughs> or whatever that was up the street to be like, which ones you got? And I got number three and four, but they didn't have one and two, and I've never gotten one and two ever. Oh. Yeah. I've been disappointed. Aww. Bummer. Yeah. Yeah. Because that cover for number one is, I remember the time I was, you know, I was in the Transformers and G.I. Joe, and that cover for number one is pretty stark. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you've ever seen it, with the Joes just blowing apart Bumblebee. <laughs> yes. Yes. I remember. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. yeah okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
we'll post some of those covers on let me know how it is dot com because I want to see them too. Yeah, yeah, actually, because I mean they've done they've done a number of these now by now. Right. Oh yeah. Twenty twenty one. I mean they've crossed over a bunch of times, so I actually can't really even picture what some of these original ones look like. Right. You know, but it's awesome every time, and it's really <laughs> you know it's it's um that's an easy one for me too. You'll get me just about every time. <laughs> those companies cross over, you know, or those franchises cross over, I should say. Right. Yeah, because some of these, some of these are distinct companies coming together, and some of them are just separate properties under the same company. Like mm. Scooby Doo and Supernatural are all Warner Brothers properties now, but but distinctly different things. Oh right. Okay, Frank, you got any left? Uh, I do actually. Okay. Surprise. All right. Another one that was a I thought was a, a fairly this is it was a good crossover, but it was a fairly odd one. Mm-hmm. Was from. Uh, DC and Dark Horse in what year was it? 99, 1999 it came out. Two issues, which was Batman, Hellboy, Starman. <laughs> oh, all right. Okay. Uh, it was written by James Robinson with art by Mike Mignola. It was, it's, you know, in, in Starman's own book, like he had teamed up with Batman like once or twice in the run mm-hmm. by this point. Um, oddly enough, the editor on this was Peter Tomasi <laughs> before he started oh, wow. writing. Okay. But um yeah, it's a great one. It's just it's it's got um it starts off with uh Golden Age Starman, Ted Knight, was kidnapped by um uh neo Nazis, and then Batman and Hellboy team up together, and obviously Jack Knight is involved. Mm-hmm. And then the second one is basically a story about uh Hellboy and Starman and Batman working together. Okay. So yeah, it's it was it was one of those things where I remember when it was advertised, it was kind of a head scratcher. I mean you know, I like all three of those characters a lot. I like, you know, Hellboy, I enjoy Starman, and, you know, Batman is, is a fave as well. To see them smushed together in sort of a, like, Brave and the Bold type team up was pretty cool. Right. Um, I don't know where you could find this now, because, again, I don't know. It might be available on Comixology, I'm not sure. It was traded. I know yeah, it was, was it? traded. Okay. Um, not not too long ago. Okay. I mean, not too long. I mean, could have been within you know, last six years, seven years or something like that. But I, I remember it being traded in, in a, in a new printing, not, not all that long ago. Gotcha. Yeah. But yeah, it's, again, as, as team ups go, it was just one of those, I remember it was unique and I remember seeing like the, 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 the trade dress for it, like, like the ads in comics, as well as like we got, I was working at the comic shop at that point and there was like a poster, you know, and it was just, again, very striking to see the three of them together. Cause we, you know, again, I had that feeling of this is weird this probably shouldn't be happening like we talked about, but it's happening. It's a thing that's going to be. So yeah, that would be my second choice for, for team ups that I love or crossovers that I love, I should say. Okay, cool. All right. So for my number two, admittedly, I'm going with one I've never read before, mm. but I'm picking this one <laughs> because it was, it was very recent. It was, it came out end of 2019. Uh, and this is the first crossover in a while that in comics that that i was like oh wow like that's a duh why haven't we like why is this the first time we're getting this and it was um ninja turtles and power rangers yeah Yeah. and i'm just like of course sure Mm -hmm. that like this is this is so easy and there's um there's a really cool like i think it was a variant cover maybe but it was it was a neat um like the Power Rangers and Turtles like fighting Shredder and everything like that. And they did they did like a normal cover and then they they did a variant cover. But in the variant cover, like Shredder 
was kind of dolled up as the Green Ranger. So he had like this mashup like <laughs> Green Ranger armor with with spikes all over it. Okay. Right? And the turtles were actually like it like in Power Ranger garb. Hmm. <laughs> Which I thought was awesome. And I was like, okay, this is really, really <laughs> cool. That, you know, you went from the color-coded bandanas to the color-coded Power Ranger suits. And then yeah. the Power Rangers themselves were like in their ninja outfits <laughs> that they would wear like in the movies. Right. Like, you know. <laughs> And I was like, this looks great. I got to track yeah. this one down. And then, you know, and I haven't been in a comic shop in a year. So, yeah. <laughs> you know. It's funny. Those are the two properties where it was like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was the king of children's entertainment until Power Rangers kind of yep. dethroned it yeah. back in the late 80s through the mid 90s. No, I, I can't wait to read it. I just think it's going to be so, so cool. Um you know, we know Donatello's building his own like Mechazord thing, right? We we know that's going to happen. Is it going to be a giant turtle Mechazord? <laughs> it's got to be. It's going to be like a giant metalhead, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> so, all right. Okay. So we're coming around to our number one. So Tommy, what's your number one? Oh, it's torn. <laughs> uh, okay. I, I wanted to go unassuming and wanted to hate it, but it happened. <laughs> well, I'll go with unassuming. The unassuming one that I didn't know up until recently was um, Yusagi Ujimbo from the Turtles. Okay. okay. I never knew it wasn't a Turtles creation. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah, me yeah. too. Yeah, I always thought he was just a random character that Lard and Eastman made into the Turtles world. Mm-hmm. I never knew Stan Sakai mm-hmm. did it, created it, and like you know, I like turtles. Let's do a mash. Let's do a collabo. Sure, yep. yeah. Never knew that was a crossover. Yeah, yeah. But they crossed over in like every cartoon. Yeah, baby. It became a tradition. It's yeah. that's the cool thing. Yeah, I mean the 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 eighties one did it. Then you know the two thousand three show even mm-hmm. did it. Yep. You know it it took them a while for the Nickelodeon one, but it got worked out and they did them in the last season. Yeah, for a two-parter, yeah. right? Two or three-parter. I think it was a three-parter. Yeah. Uh, and it was yeah. in that Tales of the Ninja Turtles season, which was really cool. I actually yeah. liked that, that season a lot. And he's actually got a Netflix show, like, in the works. Mm-hmm. For right. Usagi Ojimbo yeah. that was announced, yeah. uh, announced a little while ago. We haven't seen anything from it, but I, I can't wait. Yeah. yeah. But right, but rightly deserved, because mm-hmm. he's been waiting in the wings all this time without even bringing any limelight to his own universe, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the comics are good. I've read the comics over the years from Stan Sakai. And Stan Sakai, he's a great artist, great creator. And like, yeah, like if you like those Usagi appearances you've seen along the way, definitely go check out the original stuff because it's all it's all as good as you can imagine. Yep. Yeah. Wait, but that's my pick. Would you like to know my worst or I'll just keep it for another day? <laughs> no, throw, it, are, throw it out. I mean, yeah, okay, clear, out clearly, clearly, we're not sticking with these number with these threes because we've all had, <laughs> you know, yeah, six but, or seven ma- named over here. So, but yeah, because there's so much. That's like I know there is a lot. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. I pray it's not the one I'm saying is my favorite though. <laughs> the no, this could be. No, this could be your favorite. This. Okay. Uh, I, I would. I would. I would judge you harshly if this was your. <laughs> it was called Cartoon All Stars to the Rescue. <laughs> oh, okay. No one had that, right? Not okay. for this one. Not, not okay, for this. No. Okay. It almost came up two episodes ago, though. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> but it jumped out. I just had to mention. In 1990, the networks came up with a anti-drug or drug abuse prevention 
TV yep. special. <laughs> and this is across ABC, CBS, NBC, and Fox. Yep. Yeah. And it was a 30 minute message to stop kids from using drugs. And the yes. drug in question was marijuana. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Which was embodied in the show by like an animated marijuana cloud with a face that talked like yes. an anthropomorphic <laughs> cloud of marijuana smoke yes. following this kid around, telling him to do bad things. Yes. <laughs> He's great. He stole from his sister <laughs> yeah. in order to um pay for his habit, which involved marijuana and alcohol. Yeah. How is he motivated to do that? What the smoke or the kid? <laughs> well, like, like at first, he he kind of gets into it. I probably I haven't seen it in a little while, but like I think it's probably like older kids, like you know, get them into it. And then it's after that, it's this this marijuana cloud that's yes. just like do like steal from your sister and do this and do that and like this. It'd be cool if you did this. And yeah, and then the sister, like when she finds out like her brother's stealing from her, his little sister is stealing her allowance. Like she's like, oh, like what can I do? And then like these cartoon characters start coming to life, including like the Muppet babies. Oh yeah, my gosh. And, oh, and they're like, Oh, like we'll help you. Like we, yes. we have to fix this for you. The lineup is insane. That yeah. help her in order to, uh, you know, come uh, help her with their issue with her brother. Yes. Alf. <laughs> <laughs> yes. From the cartoon. And yes. the show. Alvin and the chipmunks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We have Huey doing Louie from DuckTales. Oh mm-hmm. no. We have Garfield. <laughs> Yes. Yep. We have Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck. From the Muppet <laughs> Babies, we have Baby Kermit, Baby Piggy, and Baby Gonzo. Uh-huh. <laughs> Winnie the Pooh, Tigger. Uh, I think Tigger was on something himself. Uh, yeah, had to be. Slimer. Slimer from Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. <laughs> Papa Smurf, Brainy Smurf, and Hefty Smurf from the Smurfs. Uh, uh, why Brady? Nobody would listen to Brady. No one listen to no. Brady, but yeah. They just toss him. <laughs> <laughs> no Smurfette though, but she was in the poster. Uh, yes, but I she's think, not right? in yeah. it. Yeah, but she's not in it. And then Michelangelo from the Turtles. Yep. So does so does drugs ever say zip zap zooey? <laughs> <laughs> I, I cannot remember for sure. Okay, but this one was the talk of the play. No, not talk of the play. Talk of the lunchroom because I was in middle school ah. when this one happened. But yeah, we were all like. Like went home and watched this thing because we couldn't believe it was happening. Yep. <laughs> it was simulcast across the board. So even if you wanted to switch it to another channel, no, no can do. You couldn't escape yep. it. You couldn't. No. Nope. This was my Super Bowl when it was <laughs> like I was. <laughs> I, remember, I was I was seven, maybe eight. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when this, when this happened, like yeah, I couldn't I couldn't believe this. Like. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I guess this was my first experience with a crossover. I guess. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I guess thinking about it. And you were there for, for the turtles and they barely, they only put Michelangelo in, which like, it does make sense. If you're going to pick a turtle for a drug thing, it's going to be Michelangelo. Yep. <laughs> that, that does check out. But I, in the past, like several years had made a friend of ours watch this one day and, and, and made him tag it on Facebook that he was watching it. <laughs> Uh, when Facebook would do that. And uh, it was our friend X. And then after he finished it, I was like, now you learned the valuable lesson that if you do drugs, all of your favorite cartoon characters will come to life and be your friends. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. 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 Wow. You see? Yeah. The one time it's not for profit. Right. Except for big drug. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Clifton, what's your number one? 
my number one is one where the crossover itself is not necessarily the focus of this project, but like the crossover aspect, it was so momentous. I have to include it. And that is who framed Roger Rabbit. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, OK. Yeah. yeah. Which I mean, the story focuses, you know, original character, Roger Rabbit, Jessica Rabbit. But like the the crossovers of Mickey Mouse and Bugs Bunny mm-hmm. and right. Donald Duck and Daffy Duck, like that stuff was crazy to me as a kid that mm-hmm. we were seeing it happen that like after, you know, decades and decades and decades like we finally saw these characters together and i know there was a lot of wrangling behind the scenes of like how much like bugs bunny and mickey mouse have to get the exact same amount of on-screen time right. like to the second yep that's why they're in the scene together yeah right yep. and like you can't mistreat bugs or mickey like they have to be fine but like like donald and daffy because they're you know the scoundrels Right. Like we're able to be seen in kind of a negative light, but still also have to have like equal time. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. Like that, that aspect of it was crazy to me as a kid. No, oh, that's a good one too. So I include that one just because it was such a momentous. On top of just being a great movie too. Like, yeah. I mean, in New Frame Roger Rabbit is fantastic as a yeah. film. No, good one. Good one. One I wouldn't have thought of to pick, but yeah. Fantastic choice. Oh, love that movie. Well, you want you want you want your um, brain to explode, um, Zach? Sure. It was the script was given to Eddie Murphy first, and he's like, "Nah, right." <laughs> <laughs> so there's there's a universe out there where Eddie Murphy takes the role of Bob Hoskins, and uh, Eddie Roger Murphy Rabbit. is Eddie Valiant. Yep. Yes. Wow. Uh, I need. Uh, I yeah. I, I I need a, I need a remote to that dimension. Yes, just to watch that movie for for two hours. Ah, oh, that would have been awesome, but it still is awesome. So I'm not going to cry too much. Yeah, no, it's a great yeah. movie. All right, Frank, number one, number one, number one, number one for me is is probably obvious. Um, one of the big things when I when I first started getting into crossovers, um, or acknowledging them besides like Laugh Olympics was the big treasury size comics. Mm-hmm. And though a lot of those early ones were Marvel and DC. And while I love those books, there was always the one that I thought was never going to happen. And that was JLA Avengers. Okay. Right. It was once points talked about being done in like the early or late, I guess late seventies, early eighties. Um, Jerry Conway and George Perez were supposed to do it. It was going to be the main villain. It was going to have the JLA, you know, lineup and then the Avengers go against um, the Lord of Time and Kang the Conqueror. For whatever reason, there was some kind of dispute between the two companies. It, got, it basically got shelled. It didn't get done. I think Perez drew maybe like 20 or so pages of it. And then, um, and then for decades, there was just like hints. You get like a piece, or a piece of art here and a piece of art there or a page there or whatever. And this is long before the internet. So obviously it wasn't as simple as like doing a search for it. But in the early 2000s, you had an announcement that uh, Kurt Busiek, who was at that point was writing, um, I believe he was writing uh, Avengers, and then Mark mm-hmm. Wade was writing JLA, and they were going to write it together. But Wade had some kind of exclusivity deal with CrossGen, so he couldn't write it. But Kurt Busiek wrote it with, and then had again George Perez doing the artwork on it, and mm-hmm. it was a four issue miniseries that came out in two thousand three through, right. through two thousand four. But it's great. I mean, I love it. It's a lot of fun. If you like either of those teams, you like the idea of them crossing over. Right. You, know, you like seeing the Avengers go up against Starro, soon to be star of you know a Suicide Squad movie. 
Um, <laughs> you know, it's one of those things where it's it, it's it would be unheard of the idea now to have Starro at some way in the MCU. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it starts off with Corona, uh, this this Green Lantern villain and the Grand Master, this Marvel villain, basically having a contest, and then they pit the two teams against together. You know, and there's like all these different weapons and and um, you know trinkets throughout the two universes, and I love it. I think it's a great crossover. It's one of those things where it's hard to find because, well, I mean, the single issues I think you can get, but like if you're looking for the trade or you're looking for like the hardcover, it's pretty hard to find. But yeah, this is not coming back into print. Ever. Yeah, it's not coming not back to print. Most likely. You can't get it on Comixology. You know, it's one of those things where, you know, the only way to get it is to buy the individual issues. So, um, but as a crossover, it's, it's gorgeous. It looks cool. You know, I think at one point, Perez draws the entirety lineup of the Avengers and the entirety lineup of the, the JLA at that time. I mean, mm-hmm. every character that's ever been in either team throughout that miniseries. And, and and without teasing the last issue, there's a moment where an image you've probably seen it, but I don't want to I don't want to spoil it if you haven't, where um a character does something, you know, really really cool that you wouldn't think that character would do without this crossover happening. And I'll right. leave it at that. Okay. Pick it up. Track it down. Try yep. to. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Crazy to me. I mean, I guess maybe not cuz it took so long to come out. Um, but I mean, it, it it is nuts to me how few crossovers out there get follow ups. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, uh, I mean, I'm thinking back to the to the Batman Ninja Turtles that happened four times, and I'm like, that doesn't happen that often. Like, I mean, like, right? You know, right. Ba- Batman and Hulk happened one time. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> you know, um, right. Yeah, it's it, it it's a little uh, perplexing to me at some uh, on some level, but uh, that's not my number one. I'm not picking Batman versus Hulk. Um, <laughs> I I I am picking um, Marvel versus DC slash Amalgam. Okay, from okay. 1996. Really? It's a good segue uh, from the last one. From I, I am picking it because of Amalgam. This is an interesting crossover that was Marvel versus DC. So. That was a big thing. Everybody was excited about like, oh, like what's going to happen? Because they were they were advertising like, you know, Captain America versus Batman and right. versus Superman and Storm versus Wonder Woman and all kinds of like cool stuff like that, which was neat. But what I thought was like looking back at it at the time, thought it was super weird is the amalgam line, which is there was a point where they started like mashing these characters up. Mm-hmm. And so you got like. Dark Claw, who was a mashup of Wolverine and Batman. Yep. And you got Super Soldier, who was a mashup of Captain America and Superman and yep. Iron Lantern. And <laughs> and I just like looking back at that now, I'm just like, whoa, like that is so crazy. I can't believe they did that, but I'm so happy they did now. Yeah. Mm. I mean, it was really popular at the time. I remember yeah. like everyone being mm-hmm. into it. But I have a question. Wasn't at one point people asked to vote who would beat the other yes yeah that that sounds familiar yeah i'm i'm it's vague it's i, I remember the the mashup what you said with the amalgam being the uh the new line in which you had a uh smash up of popular characters but i i just i was just trying to remember how still who they determined would win a fight you know mm-hmm. that's all yeah, I I don't I don't remember how any of it happened. I don't remember also like how the amalgam stuff like like within story context like how it made sense. 
or any of that stuff. But it's just it's just one of those things that I'm just like, man, this is so cool. And for me, um, because again, perfect age for me, like this this is when I I mean I was huge into the X Men at this point, but. I was also getting old enough that like I, I was starting to tell that like Batman the animated series was a better made show. Right. <laughs> right. And I was starting yeah. to enjoy that. And so in my head, I kept going like and I fell in love with that Bruce Tim style. And I was like, man, I want to know what it would look like for some of that Marvel stuff to be drawn like in his style. And at that time, like I couldn't, you know, you can Google Bruce Tim drawing sketches of Daredevil and Spider-Man and stuff like that. But at the time, you couldn't find that stuff. And so in the second batch of one shots that they dated in 97, they did one that was dark claw adventures and it was done by Ty Templeton. And so that was my way that I could see like Ty Templeton draw through the Bruce Tim style, like Wolverine and Jubilee. Mm. And I can get kind of like, I could sort of imagine what some of those characters would look like that way. And that's like that, that that issue is just so much fun. I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's so easy from Ty Templeton's art, who was drawing in the model of the Batman the Animated Series style. Like you can totally picture that being an animated project at some point. Like you can right. imagine it. Just looking at that cover, you can see it almost move. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a it was a very, very fun line. So Yeah, Amalgam was fun. Yeah. Again, I don't I don't know where you can find it. I mean, you know, I'm sure I'm sure you can find issues here and there um online, but it's not on DC universe or, or anything like that. Yeah. I mean, these projects, when they came about the Avengers JLA and amalgam, like people would think of the competition between Marvel and DC that had gone on decades and be like, we never like, I can't believe this is happening. I can't believe they're getting along well enough to do this. And then now like DC is part of Warner and Marvel is part of Disney. Like they're further from their, like they're further from it happening now than they ever were. Right. Mm-hmm. Like they're so far, it's so far from being a possibility now. Yeah. That yeah. was like, when you're talking about crossovers, not getting sequels um, in doing research about JLA Avengers and when it didn't come together in the 70s or the early eighties, they had a, a X-Men teen Titans two on the books, but because like negotiations fell apart between like Jim shooter and, and DC that book got shelved as well. Okay. Yeah. It's so nuts, too, because, I mean, like at the time, too, when like when Marvel and DC were both based out of New York and like, you know, these guys would play softball together. Right. Like, you know, like these guys all knew each other. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you would think it would have been easier for these companies to to get along and do this stuff more often. But you, yeah, know, right. you never know. Like, we do have a note from our engineer who who looked it up and. And it was conducted through fan voting, the Marvel versus DC and Marvel like one overall. Apparently so. So, yeah, so fun ones, a lot of fun ones here. Um, all right. So we're going to start wrapping up by naming a crossover that we would all like to see happen. But first, if you like the show, you can check out all of our episodes on YouTube and let me know how it is dot com. Just please, however you find us, don't forget to like, subscribe and leave us a review. And finally, if there's anything you want us to discuss, you can leave a topic suggestion on Twitter or in the comments. Our show's handles are at LMKHII. All right. Tommy, you want to, what's the crossover you want to see? Um, I got this from the internet and I didn't think it was a bad idea. Army of Darkness versus Hellboy. I want to see a team up of <laughs> Ash and Hellboy. It just, it just seems beautiful. Yeah. And it's not yeah. been a comic yet. No, no, exactly. See, wow. 
Yeah. Ash has teamed up with a lot of people, but not Hellboy yet. Yeah. And Hellboy's teamed up with a lot of people, but not Ash yet. Yeah, not exactly. <laughs> it almost seemed perfect, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> that's got to happen sometime. That's what I said. I was like, that's not a thing. And then I looked into it. Nope. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> they, go th- they both got attitude and they both have something wrong with one of their hands. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. It's a natural. Yeah. <laughs> that's my pick. All right. I can see no, that that's one. A cool one. I can totally see mm-hmm. it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Who's up next? Clifton, you're next. Before I bring up mine, I'm going to dip into an honorable mention that okay. will set up mine. <laughs> and that is the one shot comic by Batten Lash with art by Stan Goldberg, John Buscema, and Tom Palmer, published by Archie Comics and Marvel Comics in <laughs> June of 1994. <laughs> and that is Archie Meets the Punisher. Uh huh. Okay. Yes. Thank goodness somebody brought this up. I was shocked this one didn't come up. Yeah, I was was saving it a little bit just for this one to bring up. So that is a real thing that happened in comics. Yep. Twice, if I remember. Or they or both companies published it or something like that. Our our engineer, I know, is an expert on this one. Yes. (laughs) But uh, yeah, so Archie and like Punisher went to Riverdale in this comic. And and it is a real thing that happened. And (laughs) And yeah, so it was a joint publication by Archie and Marvel. And surprisingly, it's not in the Bonkers TV show. Right. And so there, (laughs) that's my, that's what I'm going to. Ah, there it is. Okay, good. (laughs) So the crossover I want to see now between two properties is Riverdale. Right. Crossing over with (laughs) Netflix's Punisher. John Bernthal. John Bernthal. I want John Bernthal as Punisher to show up in Riverdale on Riverdale. That's the crossover I want now. I'd be happy with that. Yes, absolutely. That's it. Yep. I'd watch that. And it's not so strange. It's not as strange as the comic crossover is. Or stuff yeah. that's already going on in Riverdale. For right. that yeah. yeah, it would be the least weird thing that happens yeah. on that show. Yeah, no, absolutely. that's what I mean. Like it, 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 it's so much more seamless. <laughs> yeah, this yes. it happens this way. So yeah. that's what I want. The recreation of the Archie meets Punisher comic on Riverdale with John Bernthal as Punisher. <laughs> nice. Yes. The other one I was shocked that didn't come up to was Archie meets the Predator. Yeah, yeah which is which was, much more recent than right. Archie Punisher. Yeah. That was just within the past five, six years or so. Yep. And he's great too. Okay, Frank, you got one? I do have one. Okay. Um, I had a Hellboy one, but I'm going to go with a different one since Tommy uh, had a Hellboy one. <laughs> <laughs> he's been stealing from you all night. <laughs> I'm psychic. Yes, yes. I'm a little bit psychic. Um <laughs> Uh, I've always wanted and always surprised that we never got it because Marvel had the license at one point was I'm surprised we never got Indiana Jones, Captain America. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Huh. That's the one that I wanted to see. Huh. Yeah. Both punching Nazis. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you'd have, you know, you'd have triangular, you know, shielded cap <laughs> at that point. I'd imagine it probably wouldn't be quite, you know, the circular shield yet, but you know, you know, you're, you know, the whole thing of you're, you're, you're an archaeologist, you're an archaeology professor sometimes, you know, you, you know, the whole thing. I just want to see the two of them team up and punch Nazis. Yeah, that's basically it. And then see, I wouldn't <laughs> mind seeing, pitch. I wouldn't mind. See, well, the other thing is I wouldn't mind seeing Indy punch the Red Skull. Yeah. You know, okay. I think you could do it. You know, you could do a semi um, supernatural plot because I don't really think there were a lot of those with Cap early in that time. I could be right. wrong. But I think, you know, the idea of, of, of that, that, that that whole thing would work really well. I think the two of them together would be really cool. Yeah. Cause I don't wow. know who does, who's got the rights to that now. That Indiana Jones is in kind of 
mixed territory where Lucasfilm had some rights and I think Paramount had some rights. So Disney got the part that Lucasfilm had rights to when they bought Lucasfilm. Mm. Right. But then Paramount still has some rights. So I'm not entirely sure on that. So they have to to work something out. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. But yeah, that's my choice. I would go with Indian Cap. That's right. I forgot that he is partially in the Disney camp now. Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. right. So, so maybe it could happen. Because Marvel, I mean, Marvel did the adaptations, and then there were a couple issues by John Byrne of like further adventures of Indiana Jones, mm-hmm. but that was about it. And then yeah. Dark Horse had the license forever. So, right. I'm surprised you pulled out Indiana Jones because I was going to say Indiana Jones <laughs> with uh, Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that story would be, but it would be cool. There'll be a lot of roll, a lot of rolling boulders. That's yep, for sure. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Lots of going through caves, looking for treasure. Yep. Yeah, I can see that. I can picture it like a like an old uh, Carl Barks Scrooge with Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. Would it be? Oh man, the screaming match they would have against each other. Yeah. 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 Oh, it'd be classic. Classic. Maybe someday. I don't. Yeah. Know. Probably it's possible. Probably not. <laughs> Okay, listeners, there's got to be a great one we left out. So let us know what your favorite crossovers are. As always, we'll post links and examples to everything we talk about on LetMeKnowHowItIs.com. Please remember to like us and follow us on social media, and we will see you next time. Thanks for listening. 